Well, hello, hello. And welcome back with a brand new season of... The Wild Bunch. We're your hosts, Gregory Valdez. And Joe Hernandez. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I know we're almost a, a whole month in, but still feels fresh to me. January feels like it's been like, what, two days long? It, it was... <laughs> 2019 is the year of the pig oink oink yes i don't know uh, if that means anything to you are you a pig no i'm i think i'm a monkey i'm a ram really i am that was a thing i didn't know ram was one of them i always i uh, thought the year of the dragon was cool oh that's actually you know the year I mean? if you're born in the year 2000 you are a year of the dragon i would hope that some of our listeners are from the year 2000 those bastards i want to be a dragon what are so if you were born in the year 2000 and you're uh-huh. not a millennial, what are you? Gen Z. Right. Yeah. I was reading an article the other day about how Gen Zers uh-huh. don't like to be called Gen Z. Well, they don't get to choose. We didn't get to choose to be called millennials. Exactly. Like, <laughs> see, that's such a Gen Z idealism to be able to not adopt the generational term you were given it's like you don't get to decide <laughs> yeah but i guess in a way that's kind of cool you know what i mean like we never spoke up right but i guess millennials is a cool name though we really got a good name gen right? z is like, like we're the beginning of the millennia like you got the last of the alphabet what does that mean no more is gonna yeah come who after comes this? after Do that we go to gen a after gen z oh i guess that's true shit i like didn't think about that how you name hurricanes you go down <laughs> the alphabet <laughs> that being said though 2019 is bringing in a lot of change. Yes. A lot of change. I'm glad you said that because in the same article, one of the terms for this generation is called the Delta generation. Deltas. I really like that. Why are they called Deltas? So backing up a little bit, a Delta is... Oh, hey Google, what's a Delta? Okay, all right. That's that's not what I had in mind. So <laughs> I, I knew it had something to do with rivers, but you're thinking of the math delta. Exactly. And not, I, not, I don't know math. Not typography, not geography, uh-huh. but a delta is a difference in change. When you're working in Excel or analytics data, the delta is the difference between one point and another. They're referred to as the delta generation because... They represent this state of change and transition in which they grew up with a lot of technology that we adopted. Right. We were kind of, the technology came to us Yeah, you know, in the middle of our lives, where, you know, depending on how old you are. Social media, right. cell phones, not just the internet, but faster internet, data. Uh, it reminds me of your dad gave me his phone number the other day and he is like, Oh, this is uh, Greg's old phone number when he was 10 years old. Yeah. I was like, oh, Greg had a cell phone when he was 10 years old? I don't remember having a cell phone that young. I can't remember. I think I was 13, 14 when I got my first cell phone. It was actually when I was 13. Okay. I, I, oh, he I said got, you were 10. Uh, he, he don't know. <laughs> it's to him, I, I'm still 11. <laughs> it's true. Um, just a, a quick... I got uh, I got a cell phone for the first time when I was... A freshman in high school so I was about 12 I was uh-huh. 12 13 I went into high school at 12 turned 13 in September okay and I got it you're young in high school yes yeah 
I gotta take. I didn't turn 18 until my freshman year in college. God, that sucks. So that first cell phone, I quickly got taken away from me because of um, buying too many ringtones or downloading you bought games. ringtones? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or going over in texts. This is back that was we, the thing, yeah. We didn't have unlimited. See, by the time I had a cell phone, I didn't. you didn't have to worry about how many text messages you sent. You right. know, it was pretty much like free-for-all. Exactly. And so I didn't get a cell phone back until I was a junior in college. So things have definitely changed, and I feel like this transition from 2018 to 2019 has exponentially brought... A change to the world. I don't know if maybe it was because of the way 2018 went. I mean, we literally came into this year with the government shut down. There's so much going on right now. Right. That you can throw a dart into the hemisphere and it's going to land on a hot button topic. Well, tell me this, Greg. Uh, personally, what's changed for you coming into this year? Mm, what has changed for me? I think. I think I am aiming to grow into that idea of, and we've talked about this a lot, so I won't backtrack in explaining it too much, but surrounding yourself with the people you love versus surrounding yourself with the people who love you. For 2019, I am truly, really attempting to surround myself with the people who love me. That's good, so it's a small crowd, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of an, um, a Pearl Jam song. Uh-huh. Um, I forget the, <laughs> but the, the lyric is, um, I'm a lucky man to count on both hands the ones I love. Ooh, I like that. And you know what? I am actually more than lucky because I can use up about two, three, four hands to count the people I love. That's good. And who love me. Yeah. Um, 2019 so far is the year of allowing myself to have the cheerleaders that I've probably always had, but for the first time, never let them root for me. Uh-huh. It's like, I always wanted, if you're rooting for me, it's like, just let me do what I want to do sure. anyways. Right. But now I feel more of why they are rooting for me and wanting to see my success. And I just want to be surrounded by that more than ever. That's great. What, what about like a uh, more concrete uh, style changes, you know, where you're at in your life, where you're at in your business life, your work life, that kind of stuff. I mean, you're talking about like a resolution? No, 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 not at all. We'll get there. Okay. I'm talking about like, you know, what have you been up to these past couple uh, weeks of 2019 has brought us? Uh, you know, things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. In all seriousness, it's been a lot of back, of back, a lot of back and forth between San Antonio and Houston. And if you're paying attention to me on Instagram or anything like that, you're probably like, what the fuck is he doing? Who is this guy? We <laughs> ran into Luis Hurtado, great artist in San Antonio. Check him out on Instagram. Just type L-U-I-S-H-U-R-T-A-D-O. You'll find him there. And if you're listening, Luis, love you. He, he, we ran into him at the beginning of January and he was at a pop-up at Brick and Blue Star. Yes. He ran into a mutual friend of ours, Lewis and me, uh, and that friend was asking about me. I was like, hey, well, have you seen Greg lately? What he's been up to? What has he been up to? And Lewis was like answering him saying, I don't know, he's just so fucking busy. <laughs> and I have been. And part of me responding to that was explaining the back and forth between Houston and San Antonio. And he immediately jumped on, are you moving back? Uh-huh. And I gave the, that sly look of maybe you're onto something. Right. 
because that's a part of what I'm trying to figure out. There's opportunity in Houston for me right now in a way that will further the growth in my career, my freelance, even my comedy, and to further surround myself with family. Right. So it's, it's, it's career and family that mattered the most to me right now. There's so many people I've been working with in San Antonio. There's no way I could let go of that. I'm trying to figure out how to handle it all. Yeah. That's uh, 2019 so yeah. far. Which sounds exciting. It's stressful a little bit, I could imagine. Pressure. There's a lot of pressure. Pressure. Because okay. a part of giving, um, a part of accepting that I have these cheerleaders in my life, these champions of me, they want to see me succeed. They uh -huh. want to push me out further into the world to chase my dreams and my goals. With that comes a pressure of letting anybody down. Yeah. And now there's a lot of people. There are a lot, a lot yeah, of people so, to let down. <laughs> it's a big crowd rooting for me. And it's like we're at the Super Bowl and it's like, uh, what do I do? Right. I'm figuring that out daily. And the funny thing is, the further we go into 2019, the more opportunities pop up in San Antonio and Houston. Yeah. So I don't have a clear answer yet of where... I end my journey. All I know is that I am in the midst of it and I love it. And that's what 2019 is all about for me so far. I feel like this is the year for success in the things I've been working on for the past year. That's great. I just hit, I, I can't, I can't move on without saying this. I just hit one year of sobriety from alcohol. Congratulations. Thank you. I would, um, you know, two years ago, I don't think I ever... Like how, how could I have ever done this? <laughs> I, I, um, I get lost in thought here because there's just so much going into that story of why I chose to, to live sober from alcohol and I'm so grateful. I don't think I could have done it without all those cheerleaders. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. As a part of oh, that. you're welcome. But 2019 for Joe Hernandez. 2019 has been interesting so far. Uh, biggest thing so far is I'm here in Houston now. Uh, a little actually more permanently than Greg is. I have an internship over here with Houston Methodist, you know, part of my school or whatever. So I'm kind of working at a clinic over here. Been my first week, which has been going super well. I love the place. Um, I love Houston. Houston is nice, super big city. So a lot of stuff to do. Uh, really 2019 for me is almost like a, the first half of it is kind of like a home stretch kind of thing. Light at the end of the tunnel. We'll be graduating in May, figuring out what I'm going to do afterwards. And I'm kind of just pedal to the metal gunning it, man. You know, 2019 to me hasn't necessarily been a let's open the door to this year, but more of a, I'm going to slam through it and not stop until I get to this kind of finishing point and then see what I can build from there. How long are you here in Houston? I'm going to be in Houston. My last day at this next, at this job right now is going to be April 19th. And Ooh. then, yes, April 19th, I'll have a week off. And then that following week after May 10th, I believe, I will be graduating. God willing, everything goes well. So those of you out there who do not have a calendar in front of you, that is January, February, <laughs> March, April. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I'm one of those people. I didn't have my fingers in front of me to count the months. I would not have been able to tell you how long it's going to be. So about four months, four and a half months. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes, but I mean, I've been all over the place. I actually, I started, I started off 
2019 going to Mexico. Deep Mexico, San Miguel de Allende, which is mm. beautiful, beautiful, yes. gorgeous place. One of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. That was a nice experience. Got to work at a clinic down over there, help some people out. Um, actually gave some insight on the development of a new hospital that they're building, who Vicente Fox, for any of those of you who do not know, he's the ex-president of Mexico. This guy's pretty much tunneling money into this, funneling money into this uh, hospital that he's wanting to build. So we actually got to go and be pretty much consults, advisors to this type of thing. So it was an amazing, amazing way to start out the year. Very That's exciting. Badass. It was cool. And for the record, Mexicans are very familiar with tunneling. So <laughs> I, I, we can say that <laughs> our grandparents tunneled here. Thank you very Ooh, much. We are Hispanic. Yes, we can <laughs> absolutely say that. Dude, speaking of which, I mean, a little off subject, but have you heard about the, the, all the gas problems over there? In Mexico? Yeah. No, I haven't, actually. So, uh, when I went, you'd go to a gas station, right? You see a gas station, literally lines, like, going from the parking lot of the gas station where you go pump gas all the way out into whatever main street, like, for, like, blocks so down the street. So, there's a shortage? Well, what's been happening is uh, people have actually been... The way, the way gas is run in Mexico is there's pipes underground, right? And the gas runs through the pipes to these gas stations. You go get your gas instead of... Traditionally here, you know, we have the trucks, right? That you see fill up all the gas tanker stations. coming up. Exactly. With, yeah. Some of them have them. I do notice the little tankers, but a lot of them are connected to these piping systems underground. And that's how they trans transport the gas. Who runs the pipes? No idea. But the thing is, people have been digging and stealing gas from these pipelines. And it's been happening so much. And these companies have been losing so much money that the president has decided to shut off many of these pipes so now only a small amount of gas stations have gas causing this crazy crazy backdrop in people trying to get their gasoline for their cars i mean it was so bad that they were talking about we went, we visited a university over there and they were talking about yeah you know so the semester starts monday but we honestly don't know how many people are going to show up because of this whole gas thing so crazy crazy stuff something that would never happen here in the u.s well Except we don't have a government, so I'm not sure they could close any pipelines. Oh my god, yeah, yeah we don't. Uh -huh. I kind of like it. You kind of like it? I feel bad for all those people not getting paid. Those who are furloughed right now, extreme, extreme and gratitude for them and feelings go out for them, thoughts go out to them, prayers, good vibes, what have you. I was a government contractor at one point. That's true. I forgot about that. And if I was still there a year, like this, if this was happening last year, it would have right. been happening to me. Yeah. And um, for what the, the Department of Defense, um, they're technically funded through quarter three. So even though there's a large portion of the government that's shut down and employees are not working, uh -huh. there's actually still a large portion of the government that's still funded and currently working day to day. Okay. It's just interesting. They get their money back, right? I mean, like, when, when they start working again, the government starts popping again, don't they get a certain percentage of what they would have earned? I have no back? idea. I think, I think, I was talking to about it with a buddy, and he was telling me that most jobs, yes, they do, but there's some that don't. Those so, I, I don't have the knowledge to know about it. So, if any of y'all know, reach out to us and drop it on us. I would, I would, unfortunately think that those who deserve it the most are the ones who will not receive their back pay. Oh, absolutely. That sucks. Like custodian workers. Right. Um, right your, any federally funded organization that is in each city doing something uh -huh. with civilians as the main workforce, like they're the ones who aren't going to. But you have your high-end civilians and 
private contractors who work for the government, they're going to see their money back somehow or they're still receiving their money. Right. So it is very unfortunate. When I, when I say that I kind of like it, what I really mean is, look, something's got to give. Uh-huh. And for people to see a need for change, sometimes there has to be consequences in which, look, unless you want to actually talk about something in a real way, something has got to change. Right. Uh, um, in all seriousness, it's... Right, we, we've talked about this in the past, but these are the, the actions and the moments that instill a revolution of thought uh-huh. in society. Right. Which is what I think 2019 should be a lot about. Well, it's like these things are catalysts. They make us think. Catalyst is a much greater word. They Thank make you. us they, they make us a question. They inspire this like, oh shit, you know, this is not cool. We probably should change this. Our parents' generation, they might have the most power and authority right now. Right. But they're not the ones who are going to cause the change. No. It's going to be our generation and the aforementioned Deltas. And them Deltas. Them Delta Zers. <laughs> Delta Zers. Yeah, I kind of like yeah. Delta Z. <laughs> oh, damn. 2019 so far has also been like that. We've I know we we've talked about it. There have been moments of um, change that we've encountered. Um, not us changing per se, but people we know who have come to us bearing some idea of change. Oh, give me an example. I, I think I'll be concrete at this point. We'll just jump right into it. Uh, we've talked about 2019 being the year of the apology. Ah, the year of the apology. What does that mean to you? Well, I know what it means to us because we've talked about it, you know, in the previous couple of weeks. But what we're getting at, and this probably applies to a lot of you, um, whether you're on the receiving end of the apology or the giving end of the apology, but it's almost like every beginning of a new year, People want to change, right? And they want to kind of, you know... This is why it's extremely have relevant. A, yeah, have a clean slate, right? And so they think, you know, hey, maybe I wronged this person or maybe something went the way it shouldn't have with this individual. I think I should reach out to this person, extend an apology, wipe the slate clean. That way we can go into this year fresh and be able to bring in some positivity. Uh, for example, I received an apology uh, early in the year, which was quite surprising. I know you received one as well. Which one do you want to talk about first? You got the floor. All right. Well, I, I received an apology maybe, what, the second week of 2019. And it was from uh, an ex-girlfriend. We'd been together for a very, very long time, five, six years around there. So it was a very, very serious relationship. And I didn't, I hadn't talked to this girl in, I mean, maybe a year, year and a half at this point. And yeah, reached out, sent a nice, heartfelt, sincere apology. And it, what was crazy to me was I never, I never expected an apology. I never wanted an apology. It was never like, ah, oh, I wish you'd say sorry to me, or I deserve that, that kind of thing. I, I never felt that in any, in any sort of way. You know what I mean? I, Mistakes were made on both ends, as with most of any relationship. That's how it goes. It's it's always a two-way street. But when I received this apology, there there was this kind of sense of warmth and closure, and and maybe I didn't necessarily want the apology, but it was almost like I I needed it and just didn't realize it all along. So it was nice. It was very very great experience, and I was happy to hear from her and happy that. 
she's taking measures in her own life to grow to grow yeah exactly to That's grow beautiful. to to let go of past you know mistakes because it's not just about moving on it's about growing on right oh i just came up with that i like that that's cool but i fuck that's a really good way to explain what everyone should be going through right now Uh uh-huh right everyone's got baggage yes and we live in a generation where your baggage is fucked up Uh like right like our grandparents baggage might have been like the war right the great war sure the great depression Uh uh-huh you know the recession Uh our baggage comes from many different places where now a lot of it is digitally induced oh yeah and and of course we did grow up with 9-11 we did grow up yeah like how would i have received an apology like that you know 50 years ago would it have been a A letter letter? a phone call a visit even like it's crazy how things have changed you know um it makes access to these so things are easier and harder at the same time because of what uh-huh. we have to receive these apologies or notions or ideas from, but also it's harder because of how disconnected we are through our ability to be so connected. Uh-huh. It becomes a barrier. Like I can instantly text somebody, but the ease of access to that makes it so much harder to do. Yes. So my apology story is not unlike yours. Um, There was somebody I was speaking with um, last summer, like the June, July range. And I had come out of a relationship um, in April where I, like, I had never thought I was going to meet anybody right away that was going to kink my dink the same way or at all. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag kink the dink. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Dink King. (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like a love story. It's more like meeting somebody that you were really into and that you got along with and Uh that you were starting to, because of their interest in you and your ability to be authentic with them, help start shoveling some of that baggage. Yeah. And, And a good way would you say like you know like you mentioned right now you know you'd never imagine excuse me you'd never imagine yourself feeling that specific type of way for a person this this individual was maybe someone who showed you no you know it is possible yes cool um help me open up again uh-huh help me on that road to authenticity that i hold so dear to me today yeah um i think that, so we, when we had met it was like one of the last times I'd ever used a dating app at that time. And um, it was like late at night one night, we were talking and talking and talking. And he was very uh, taken aback with how open I was. Cause at that point in my life, I was like, I, there's nothing to hide. I'm, I'm an open wound in an open book. Sure. And I'm just going to share away. <laughs> and I'll never forget that a part of what he liked about what I did was sending him my Instagram and saying, check it out. Just read up on me. Yeah. And this is around that same time. I took it upon myself to make Instagram my outlet for openness and authenticity in the world. Right. This is me. This is me. This Uh, is my brand. Yeah. Get used to it. It was around that same time I was really starting to do that. And so he, he told me that it blew him away that I would just say, check it out. So th- this all sounds like really good stuff. What happened that uh, leaded to uh, an apology? Well, about three, four weeks later, 
after he went a little cold on me, he messaged me one day on Instagram asking if he could speak with me and let me know that he was seeing somebody else. Oh, so he had, had he been seeing someone while you had started talking or is it unclear? It's unclear. Okay. I have a feeling that there was slight overlap. Sure. But not the overlap you might think. Like he was already dating somebody and I yeah. was a, whatever you'd call that, homewrecker. You weren't a mistress. <laughs> Although I have been. <laughs> so then he, he apologized for this. Send me a message out of the blue. I guess he had blocked me on Instagram at one point even because I said, this person's now following you. Uh-huh. I was like, whoa. Got a message right away after that. And it was him wanting to reconnect. Okay. And apologize for the way things ended. And wanted to, to meet to just see how things were going how, how did you feel he texted you right or did he message you on, like, Instagram? on Instagram how did you feel when you saw that little notification with his name on it like what, what was that kind of thought that you had ooh girl <laughs> <laughs> dude I, I legitimately got uh, very very like scared and taken aback when I got mine like I said it had been a year and a half almost two years that I had talked to her uh, Joe had told me he got the message before I read it I didn't read it for, it must have been like three, four hours. I was working at the time. It was in that clinic in Mexico and I was working with patients and there were chances where I could have read it, you know, little breaks here and then. But, but I was like, then, no, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to open that up yet. Depending you know I mean? on the subject matter, yeah. it could have thrown you off for the whole day. Absolutely. And even when I did read it, it, it did throw me off, not in a negative way, but it was just so like unexpected. It's like a I, lot to think about. I did not think I was going to hear from this person ever again for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. very, very crazy. And you know, it's probably since our last episode and the ending of 2018 that even I have actually had, um, my my long-term ex, you know, get back into my life as a friend. Uh-huh. And that's something I'm extremely thankful for. So it this... is possible to be friends with your ex? We've always talked about how it's not. Yeah. As of right now, I have to say I think that. we had a whole, like, ten minutes on an episode about this. I think it might be. Really? I think it is. Right I think that's now. good. I think that's cool. But, you know, that relationship had so much baggage that's very specific to it. Um, I, when people ask me about it, I like to say that it's like we had a kid together. Uh-huh. Um, and for those of you who don't know what I mean by that, um, I'm not going to talk about it here. Uh, go to tpr.org. Um, go look under Worth Repeating, and you can find my story there. Thank you to Texas Public Radio for having me, and that's where you can hear more about it. Um, Greg wanted to be a Don Draper is the name of that story. Absolutely you- worth a listen. You can listen to it and it speaks more into what I mean by it. It's like we had a kid together. There was Uh, something that not many relationships go through what we went through. And I'm not going to explain more than that. So somehow because of our connectedness, I, it's, it's very natural that we're friends now. Yeah. A part of it might be that we weren't ever really good friends when we were together. Uh huh. Like more, you're more friends now than you were then almost. And it's because of how much we know about each other. Right. Like we, right. When you become friends with somebody, there's like a learning curve. Sure. And uh, hashtag no new friends. It's harder <laughs> as you grow older to really, right. Like if Joe and I have been friends for nine years and we're going to go make a new friend out there. It's like, that's a lot to catch up with. 
Absolutely. And Jerry and I have had friends that we've individually been friends with for even longer. So right. there's a lot of catching up to do when you make a new friend. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we went through what we went through and never really were friends like we should have been. Uh-huh. Um, having been broken up for like the better part of a year now, we're better friends than ever. And I can call him today truly one of my best friends and family. I think that's great, and I think that's, you know, good for listeners out there that are considering something like this. Of course, be careful. That's, you know, it's it, it can be a, a bumpy road to go on. Trials and tribulations. <laughs> Seriously. And I am dating somebody now. That's How has that been going? That's a, that pretty, have, we, have we talked about this on The Wild Bunch? No. We haven't. Okay. No. So, yeah. like the last time we talked about my dating life on The Wild Bunch, it uh-huh. was the dating and sex episode. And I, I had talked about a date. We recorded that here in Houston, too. That's funny. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, and we are recording here in Houston. They, I, didn't no, I guess we, we didn't mention, mention that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, at the end of that episode, I spoke about a date I went on recently that stuck out to me. Oh, and that dude's gone. <laughs> hey, hey, be careful, because I want to make it sound like it's. You oh know? no! I'm just saying. It's like I've totally even forgot about all that. You know. <laughs> Last season on. <laughs> so um, there's been a lot of change. Better, yeah, uh, and you know, with 2019 so far being the year of the apology and capitalizing on change, um, it, it leaves us in the space where where do we go from here? And we've talked about what our goals are for this yeah. year, but a lot of people hold on to this idea of a resolution. You got a new year's resolution. <laughs> fuck off (laughs) but we know a lot of you out there have new year's resolutions yes in fact we have a lot of your new year's resolutions in our hands yes so um everyone who submitted their new year's resolutions did so publicly so we're actually on the second half of the episode right after the break going to jump into those talk about them and actually you know plug the people who submitted them We'll just go by Instagram handles and not use real names, but this is a very open episode in which everyone who submitted these resolutions did so publicly as well. And we owe it to them to share and be um, as understanding and open about our thoughts. Absolutely. With those resolutions. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what? Let's be vulnerable 2019. You're the pig, you're the apology, you're the vulnerability. You're the pork. Um, Randall Porter, if you're out there listening, vulnerability is okay. It is. All right, we'll be back after the break. Did you botch 2018? Did I botch 2018? There's a pope shit in a bucket? Lysandra, it looks like you botched 2018. But you have me, girl. Tobias. Dr. Tobias Greenfield. Dr. Tobias Greenfield does all my lip injections and he just even I couldn't feel the left side of my face before I went to him. It's the benzos, but it's all groovy. Oh my god. That's right, Lysandra. As one of the highest rated plastic surgeons in the United States, I offer you all the tools to fix whatever you did last year. It is true! My dad was this close to saying he loves me! Did you eat too many pies for Christmas? 
I can fix that. I eat so much when I drink when I'm on my medication. It's just the only way I can feel, you know? You don't like your nose? Well, girl, you don't need that nose. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a man to call me back because I feel like I'm not valued for my worth and all men are pigs! Dr. Tobias Greenfield. Liposuction, breast reduction, breast enhancement, booty enhancement, whatever you need. 2019! I'm gonna get him to say I love you, I just feel it! <laughs> Welcome back to the Wild Bunch. Thanks a lot to the doc Dr. Tobias Greenfield. He sounds like a very patient man. I can only imagine. I've met some of his patients, no pun intended, and huh. they require a lot of attention. It sounds like it. Mm -hmm. So, back to this New Year's episode of the Wild Bunch. We're talking New Year's resolutions. In the second half, yes. Uh, again... Resolution is not something I like to walk like to walk away with New Year's like to walk away from New Year's Day with. Uh huh. Uh, I think that resolution is at times a, a very outward expression of complacency because of uh, how so. so few people actually follow through on said resolution. Right, it's more like a fad to make a resolution than right. it is a resolution. How many of you raise your hand have ever been guilted by not having a resolution? Oh, I have. Yeah. Because usually I don't have any. But my thing is, uh, you know, throughout weeks, months, days, or whatever, I make goals for myself, and I guess you could count those as resolutions. I don't count, I just... To me, it's just development, you know, personal development, self-development. Yeah, exactly. I think another thing is a lot of people, as it's almost like, okay, if you grew up Catholic and you went through Lent. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to eat uh, sweets for 40 days. Oh, yeah, I hated that. I, I always thought it was so dumb. Resolutions are not unlike that where people try to cut things out of their lives rather yeah. than take on something new. Yes. Um, again... I learned towards the end of being a practicing Catholic that Lent was so much more fulfilling when you took it upon yourself to do something new that you had not done before. Right. And hopefully that would turn into a habit that carried on after the 40 days of Lent. Uh-huh. But I mean, if you do have a pretty bad habit that you probably should cut, you probably should cut it. But that has nothing <laughs> to do with Lent or re New Year's resolution. Right, right, right. So that's where it's like... Hey, if you want to address something in your life that is negatively uh, affecting you, and you make that your New Year's resolution, granted, that is a good approach. But why didn't you do that before? See, my hard thing with this is like all the people that you see get like gym memberships at the beginning of the year. You know, gyms love the first week of January, right? Because they're making so much money. And what I hate, and I'm not, I'm not, you know anyone that's done this i've done it before back in my life you know what i mean not discounting them or anything i think any time that someone starts something like this is a good time right it doesn't matter if it's beginning of the year end of the year middle of the year whatever but what i hate to see because a lot of these gyms count on it is these people make these memberships go for four weeks and then never ever go again for the rest of the year and then are paying that monthly fee every single time when they never go 
That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah it's a classic um, stereotype of um, New Year's resolution botchers. Yes, they botch those resolutions. All right, then. Let us go ahead and talk more about the resolutions we just we received so, before this episode. And what we enjoyed about hearing from you out there is that you didn't approach it in that normal, I'm going to go ahead and cut out sweets way. A lot of you came out and saying you're going to do something more positive that you weren't doing before. Michael Gordon, 27 actually sent us 10 different resolutions. Oh, 11, actually. There's 11 of them. Oh. Um, the first one is read a book a month. That's a good one. That's a really good I mean, one. Solid, simple. You know what I mean? Re- read that book. I wonder what he read this month. If you're out there, Michael, go ahead and comment on the post for this episode. Let us know which book you read this month. And if you didn't, well, luckily you got nine more resolutions. <laughs> All right, his number two resolution, drop my weight to 210 pounds. Maybe that, you know, I, okay, so um, I have this in where we know Mike and I know Mike and I know that he's been hitting the gym every day Uh since the new year began. So as much as we talk about a, a, like a weight based resolution, I can't knock him here because I see him attending to it. Right. My, what I like about this resolution though, uh, for anyone that's made a weight resolution is he has a number to it. He has a, an objectifiable quantitative goal. I'm going to drop my weight to 210 pounds. Not I'm going to lose some weight or I'm going to hit the gym more. No, my goal is to hit this number. And it's kind of nice when you have a, a vision of that finish line that you're trying to get. Number three is save $100 a month. Easy. Well, easy resolution, you know, to make. I think that's pretty good. 700 bucks a month. Yeah, it's a good attainable goal. I don't know how, how he's doing. I know somebody like me would have a harder time. I have such a hard a time month. doing something. I think my hard time is like, maybe I'll do it good for the first four months and I'll have 400 bucks and then I'll want something and be like, ah, oh, but I got this 400 bucks here. You know, <laughs> I could just use that. So I don't know. Uh, I can see it in your eyes. You're like thinking of. I am thinking about it. You know, I know we go over the whole. I'm gonna buy a PlayStation every other week, and then I don't end up doing it, which I probably won't. I don't. I'll never play it. Number four, convince Joe to buy a PS4. That is not the resolution. (laughs) I'm not gonna buy a PS4. Start saving (laughs) for a down payment on a house. Okay, this is a very millennial resolution. Millennial? Millennial generation X. I was thinking very. Adult mature resolution, like I'm gonna, you know, lead my way into buying a house. That's cool. That's why I'm equated. So, millennials are of adult age now, so right. that's why I equated it to a millennial as a millennial resolution. Okay. If you are under 25, you are not a millennial. I am sorry. I don't know about that one. Where do you put the gap? Or where do you put the end? Well, I'm 26. I just turned 26. So that's like saying I'm right at the end. I don't think I'm right at the end. You kind of are, though. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, 22 and below. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that one. But I guess, I don't know. I guess we're not in charge of those kind of things. But I do think that that is a very adult, mature goal to make. I'm nowhere near buying a house. So I hope that this works out for you, Mike. Bench press 250 pounds. Again, very nice uh, goal that's quantifiable. Um, what I would like to see with this one is, well, how are you going to bench press 
250 pounds. You know, you gotta have a plan if you want to do something like that, but Maybe we can... he's enacting a plan that he just hasn't told anybody about, which leads me to another point about what I don't like about resolutions and what I enjoy about an unspoken goal uh-huh. is the idea that when you, you actions speak louder than words right. is what I learned growing up. And in that regard, it's one thing to talk about something you want to achieve. It's another thing to go out and achieve it without ever talking about it. Absolutely. One thing I will say, though, I've seen you, Mike, and uh, I, I feel like you're underselling yourself with the 250. I think you could hit 350 easy, man. We were at the Pearl, and I shit you not, Mike and I were having lunch together, and somebody walked up to Mike uh-huh. and said, asked him what he did for a living. Really? Because of how pumped he looked that day. Wow. And thought he was like a like a professional trainer or weightlifter. Uh-huh. No, he he's a he's a he's not a small guy. He's not a big big guy, but he's not a small guy either. And uh, I definitely think you can do way more than 250. His next two are run a half marathon and run a 5k in under 30 minutes. It's very cool. Very concrete. In fact, yeah. This is turning into more than a resolution. This is a plan of action. Right, cuz you can you can group these um Three resolutions with number two, his drop my weight to 210 pounds. Number five, six, and seven are all going to feed into that number two. So I think that's great. And his next three are along the same lines. Eliminate all credit card debt. Pay off my three smallest student loans. Earn a promotion or a raise at work. All financial based, all leading towards that house goal. So this Career, is cool how finances. it's all connected. Yeah. There's a lot of growth Mike wants to achieve in 2019. And it's not just something that is superfluous. It's not just, right... He, didn't, he, never, he never said here, I want to look sexier than I've ever looked before. No, not at all. Because that's a totally vague, vague resolution to make. I will say this though, Mike. Uh, if you pay off your bigger loans first, you can get those small loans consolidated at a lower interest rate. So that might uh, be a little bit more helpful in the long run. But hey, whatever you do, you need to do it. Last one. Keep his girlfriend happy that's nice that is really nice that's a nice one I, I you know i've gotten to see that relationship bloom relationship bloom somewhat uh-huh and i'm happy that that is something that gets to be on his list and this one that relationship came out of nowhere i mean we know both of these individuals and we won't get too deep into it since that's you know their personal lives but very 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 like whoa i would have never thought but hey that's pretty cool you know what? I don't even... I have no joke to me. <laughs> All right. So that's it for Mike. So the next uh, individual sent us this resolution privately, so we won't uh, disclose their name, but go ahead and read that resolution for us, Greg. Going after what I want and not overthinking everything that could possibly go wrong. Okay, I like that. Not overthinking. Something that we like to say here at the Wild Bunch, underthink it. Yes, it's a powerful tool in achieving the things that you are too scared to attempt. I, I like th- this. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think everyone overthinks. All, I know I overthink. There's so much to overthink. Yeah, you're going to analyze the what is, what if I do this, what if it goes this way, what if they do this, and you know it can uh, convolute our thought. Ep- season 2, episode 2 of The Wild Bunch is mental health. I want a little bit of a preview there. One of the terms you're going to hear in that episode is B, don't just do. Yes. I think this is a great way to achieve being uh-huh. in which doing is almost like promising. Right. Being is actively letting your actions live out that promise. 
You never have to make a promise if you're already doing it. Absolutely. Cool thing about this resolution is that this individual, she's a very close friend of mine, and I followed up with her a few days ago asking how it went or how this resolution is going. And it's going really well for her, you know? She still struggles, of course, with the overthinking. That's a given, but she's not being complacent in that struggle and she's taking action to do it. And as far as going after whatever she wants, she's actually been very active with that as well. So very, very, very proud of her. She's living that underthink it, fight against complacency lifestyle. So very cool. Yes. So go on to the next one. This is from Hope. Hope and 1979. She wants to continue to learn to love herself and says that it's so much harder than it should be. That's a good resolution. I think that that's a resolution that I think that's a goal that everybody should have at any point of the of the time, any point of the year. Should always be a goal. Love yourself as much as you can. That was a big part of um, how my 2018 was ending. Loving yourself? Learning. Learning how to love, love yourself? Yeah, I think that that was the capstone to that year. Uh-huh. And it is so much harder to do that. There's a lot to overthink in loving yourself. Absolutely. So... Underthink it, just love yourself. It, You know, I think what's hard about it is everyone's done something fucked up at some point in their life, right? We've all made mistakes. We've all hurt people, hurt someone else. We've all done things that we look back to and say to ourselves, man, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. I was not being my best of self when I did that. And it's kind of hard to, I think it's much harder to forgive yourself most of the time than it is to forgive other people. That's correct. And I think it is... There's that saying, uh, forgive and forget, uh-huh. forget and forgive. Uh, you know, I think sometimes it's even harder to uh, forget than to forgive, which if that is the case, don't let that get in the way of loving yourself either. I don't, I, you know, I never liked the for, uh, forgive and forget. I don't think the forget should be a part of it. Uh, it's just an idiom. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's our next resolution? Well, this is the last Thank one we know. got. This is from the Lucas Matos, and I love it. Post more content. So this guy just wants to post more content. Right? It's, uh, social media is more important than ever. Uh-huh. And, and you know what? On that note, there are some... Uh, there's a slew of other uh, resolutions I got from um, Joel Gonzalez out there. I don't have a list it out, but a lot of it had to do with like self-improvement, um, learning to go ahead and do more with like, personal growth, branding, marketing even. Uh-huh. Um, this is somebody who works for his uh, family business okay. down in uh, Rio Grande Valley. Okay. Um, you know, like far McAllen to all you Valleyites out there. Orale, wey. What you look good? <laughs> <laughs> Got some hot Cheetos. <laughs> and, sorry, that's very stereotypical of me. And um, I, I think that really all Mexicans in Texas love hot Cheetos. Yeah, I think that's true. I Whether you're from Cheetos. Laredo or what? Westlaco or El Paso. Except for Dallas. They don't like hot Cheetos? Nah. They're putting hot Cheetos in everything. Have you ever had like the sushi rolls with the hot Cheeto crumbs on top of it? Yeah. God, that gets this me is, going. It's so good. This is what the Native Americans must have felt like after Pocahontas came out. What does that mean? It's like they're just taking advantage of our culture now. 
Oh, but I'm okay with it. I love I love hot Cheetos on my sushi. <laughs> they, I ate a uh, from H E B. I ate a sushi burrito, and sushi burrito is essentially a giant roll that you eat like a burrito instead of eating each little piece one by one. And it was rolled in hot Cheeto crumbs, so it was essentially a sushi burrito covered in hot Cheetos, and it was one of the best things I ever had. You're disgusting. <laughs> All right, so. Along with that, uh, actually, I'm going to go ahead and pull up specifically what Joel sent us. Remember it being quite a bit. Um, give me a second. All right. So don't know. Um, okay. Advice of how to change. This is more of a question in regards to resolutions. Um, it's, and I'll just go ahead and ask it. It's what he submitted when we called for this. How does one change their atmosphere to allow for growth and motivation in the new year? For example, if their clothes are lying around or they have a general sense of clutter, how do they take the time to clean up and organize it? There's a saying, out of sight, out of mind. But that can really boost one's focus on important tasks and elevate our mood. What are your thoughts? I actually have a lot of thoughts on this subject because one of my goals that I've been wanting to make. I'm not going to call it a resolution, but I've been wanting to clean my room and make my bed every day, which I've yet to start actually. Um, but with the move and everything, it's been kind of hectic to where the last thing I could care about is whether or not my bed is made. Right. So why, why is that a goal? Okay. The reason why is I was listening to another podcast and it was talking about, this person was talking about, you know, you make your bed every day. It, the way he described it, it's like it instills this, it's something so simple you could do. You know what I mean? It's so mindless. You don't have to think about it. It takes maybe a minute or two, but just by starting off with that, it just instills this like subconscious thought of organization within your day. Not to say that it has to be a very OCD, like everything needs to be clean and put to place and everything like that, but it builds a structure that can then be built upon in your life. And I, I like the the idea of it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna make my bed, you know what I mean? I'm gonna wake up and make my bed, leave everything organized, have a clean space and go do my business. I've never been one to advocate this kind of thing. I've always said making your bed is stupid because no one's gonna see it throughout the entire day. And when I get home, I'm just gonna mess it up anyways. And it takes time. It takes, yeah, it does take time. Even if it's just a couple of minutes, like I said, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't care. It's stupid bed. You know, I'm going to go get ready for work and go do what I need to do. Yeah, jack off in a shower. <laughs> no. no. I don't know where you do it. Well, I don't want to do in the shower. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I wanted. To do. So, <laughs> hey, that's one of your resolutions out there is to not touch yourself as much. So be it. That's not. It's <laughs> not about Joel. Sorry to to you know mix and match there. But I think what Joel's getting at is he's craving some sort of structure, and if that will allow making your bed is the catalyst growth. to that type of structure, I think by all means it should be done. I was so I was, I've been reading the storytelling animal, and it's actually something I mentioned earlier before we were recording that. There are, there are different ways that we train ourselves as humans. There is rote practice in which we practice something so much that we are, we're able to act upon what we've practiced at times when we're not practicing. For example, 
If I were a fencer, like professional sword sports, and I were practicing so much that eventually in a competition, I was able to use something I practice because that became an innate part of my thinking. I practiced so much that it rewired my brain, nearly literally, through different nodes and neurons, creating synapses, enforcing that practice. When it's time for me in fight or flight to actually enact that practice, no problem whatsoever. You don't even have to think about it. I feel like this is along the same lines in which we're doing practices that further our organization and structure that allows for more room within our like day-to-day lives when we're actually thinking about how we want to become organized and structured it gives us more room to just do it yeah i would agree with that because if you think about the it's almost as if what with what you described the practice itself becomes more important than that final end result because without that those little tidbits of practice you're not getting that end result that you're talking about something like making a bed for instance something so small so simple but like i said sparks this sense of organization okay you went and you made your bed and you cleaned your room and it's clean every day then you go to your work and you see your desk and it looks like crap and you decide you know i'm gonna clean my desk so you clean your desk you organize all your files on your computer yada 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 then all of a sudden someone notices hey this guy has a really neat workspace people notice those types of things and have a respect for it respect for that organization right so it can lead to more organization and more benefits later on in life which reminds me of a somewhat resolution i have okay so i've been getting a lot more in um ingrained in stand-up comedy uh-huh. and actually performing stand-up comedy And I used to have this thought that unlike other comics, I'm never going to write any of my material down. Uh I'm just going to come up with it and practice it and hold on to it Uh and do it for a set. In the past month, I've made it a point to start writing down a joke in a bit as soon as it comes into my mind. I say it out loud. I laugh. People laugh. Uh Immediately turn around and write it down. Do you stop doing it on napkins? (laughs) I will never stop doing it on napkins, but when there is not a napkin available, I will go ahead and write it down in a note app on my phone. Out at a a bar the other night, Poison Girl. Poison Girl? Poison Girl. Very, very, very cool hit bar here in Houston. Honestly, one of the favorite bars I've ever been to is really cool. Having a fun time, hanging out. He's like, oh, I gotta show you this bit. Uh, This awesome bit I wrote it down on a napkin. Pulls out this napkin nothing's on the napkin that he has and he ended up losing the napkin with all the writing on it (laughs) my question to him was why do you have the blank napkin (laughs) it made no sense i like to keep napkins on me in general are you are you keeping them to write these jokes not always okay you never know when you need a napkin and what happened to the joke napkin i haven't found it yet okay (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, oh no. look, there's a napkin right next to him. No, these are blank napkins. They're blank napkins. Well, you better save them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need a pen. <laughs> um, the, uh, I, I cannot talk about it. The comedy has been really good in 2018, towards yeah. the end of 2018, too, where I'm actually getting um, gigs, uh, paid, uh, more opportunities. A part of my goal in 2019 is to do more work in Houston with comedy. 
Well, what's going on this Friday? Are, you know, you mentioned going back and forth to San Antonio or Houston. Tell us, tell them about uh, so my, Friday. So my, um, my next show is Friday, February 1st at Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. It is for the Urban Art Takeover as a part of San Antonio's First Friday events. And I was able to do my last performance there a month ago. One of the best sets I've ever had, a great crowd, beautiful people, beautiful artists and vendors and musicians coming out to really do something artistic and cool for the community. Thank you for inviting us out there to perform. It was me, Drew Blues, Stefan Moore, and we fucking rocked the set. You can catch me out there again Friday, February 1st after 9 p.m., performing brand new material and i'm gonna be having about a 15 20 minute set and i will find that fucking napkin because <laughs> that's a good that's a good bit i have on that napkin it's one of my favorite bits that i've come up with he keeps really. he keeps saying that but i have no idea whether or not it's good and now he's looking around the room as if it's just gonna magically pop up <laughs> pretty much well with that that is our new year's episode welcome back Everybody, it's gonna be an exciting year. Do you feel like you achieved what you wanted to achieve in 2018? Yes. Considering how 2018 started, I would say hell yes. Yeah, yes, period. A year ago, I um, was a week into, um, I was, it was a, this time a year ago would have been a week after getting a DWI. Mm-hmm. I was pretty down in the dumps. I had just started a new job I knew at the time, even then, was doomed to fail. And a year later, I am 100 pounds lighter, and I've got so much opportunity ahead of me, and I love life. I love waking up every morning and chasing my passions. And for the first time in my life, I can say without hesitation that I'm happy. And if you don't feel that way about your 2018, if you botched it, don't worry. Call Dr. Tobias Greenfield. <laughs> You're the pig. It's a new start, guys. Let's make it a good one. Spread some positivity. Fight against complacency. Underthink it. We love y'all. Thank you so much for the listens. We're coming in about what, what was the last time you checked? How many listens we got, Greg? Oh, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. We are proud to announce that we have hit 500 listens for season one of The Wild Bunch. Which is very, very exciting. I can't believe that many of you guys actually enjoy and want to listen to us so very appreciative thank you season two 2019 let's do it